Good morning, church. We uh, here in these adverse circumstances again. We're not together, but yet we are through the airwaves. And uh, I'm sure you're sitting there with your favorite beverage this morning, sitting there in your jammy pants and just getting relaxed. I'm telling you not to get too relaxed because one of these days I'll be wanting you back in here so I can look at you. So I appreciate that. Hey, as you watch on Facebook and uh, on the Internet, sometimes there's so many people on that it causes some problems, actually. And a lot of times with the clips, it'll quit, but, but just stay with us. I, I wanted to tell you this morning that sometimes it kicks those clips off, but we are licensed and we have purchased these clips. So I just didn't want you to think we was uh, breaking the law this morning. So Tyler's message is, what do you do with stress? Stress, a state of mental or emotional strain or tension resulting from adverse or very demanding circumstances. And I, I think we could all agree this morning that we find ourselves up kind of to our proverbial necks uh, in very adverse and demanding circumstances. We humans are experts at rationalizing things, and this is an issue that has come upon us in our world that uh, it cannot be rationalized away. In Isaiah 30, we find the prophet giving the carnal and ill-behaving Jews advice on how to be saved, how to have hope, and how to be secure in God. They have found themselves in adverse, demanding circumstances constantly. Part of the reason, the biggest reason, is because they keep they kept straying from God and His Word in their in their lives. Israel always felt the difficulty of sustaining sustaining itself on the dependence on the unseen spiritual power of God. They were constantly oscillating between the alliances with the northern and the southern powers, linking itself with Assyria against Egypt, and then sometimes linking themselves with Egypt against the Assyrians. When God wanted them to totally align themselves with him and rely on him and him alone 24-7, as he does with you and I today. In Isaiah 38 through 17, God gives this warning and advice for security and safety and hope. Words that can mean the same to us this morning depends on where we're at spiritually. Here's, what, here's from God, the word of God to Isaiah the prophet. Now go and write these words concerning Egypt, and they will then stand until the end of time as witnesses to Israel's unbelief. And then he switches from what Egypt has done as God has used other countries to punish Israel to try to bring them back in line with him. So now he switches and he starts talking about the Jews. For these people are stubborn rebels who refuse to pay any attention to the Lord's instructions. They tell the prophets, shut up. We don't want any more of your reports, they say. Don't tell us the truth. Tell us nice things. Tell us lies. Forget all this gloom. We have heard more than enough about your Holy One of Israel. We are tired of listening to what he has to say. This is the reply of the Holy One of Israel. So God addresses the charges, and then he speaks back into their lives. And then this is God speaking to them. Because you despise what I tell you and trust instead in oppression and lies, calamity will come upon you suddenly. It will be like a bulging wall that bursts and falls. In an instant, it will collapse and come crashing down. You will be smashed like a piece of pottery, shattered to com so completely that there won't be a piece left in 
that is big enough to carry coals from a fireplace or a little water from the well. The Sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel, says, Only in returning to me and waiting for me will you be saved. In quietness and confidence is your strength. But now you would have none of it. You said, No, we will get our help from Egypt. They will give us swift horses for riding into battle. But the only swiftness you are going to see is the swiftness of your enemies chasing you. One of them will chase a thousand of you. Five of them will make all of you flee. You will be left like a lonely flagpole on a distant mountaintop. God is describing to humans what it's like when we depart from him. Uh, this scripture all sounds familiar to me. As we, we bring this into today's uh, language and, and we talk about that. And a lot of people don't want to hear about God. And we've had people say that to our faces. No, I don't, I don't want to hear about that. When it comes to this today, this question, how are you holding up in our current crisis? And like I said before, we're not, we're not able to rationalize this away. What, what are you doing with your stress that COVID-19 is causing for you and your family? There is some. It, it has to be because our lives have been so altered. And my question is, are you turning to God? Or perhaps going to yourself and outside influences like the Israelites did. Or you might be in denial. I remember when this first started, people would try to rationalize it away that it really wasn't as bad as it sounds. But explain that to the families of 26,000 in America that have lost their lives because of it. It can't be pushed aside. It's here. And we in this community, it's a little different. There's not very many cases, and we're kind of removed from it. But yet on the news, it's a constant barrage of this information. When we talk about stress, I've had people tell me that they have no stress, but I, it's hard for me to grasp that because the only place where there is no stress is the grave. And perhaps some are blaming God for all these adverse situations that we find ourselves in. In America, we've turned into a nation of finger pointers. It, it's hard for us to accept responsibility ourselves, so we blame others. We're always pointing fingers, and, and you hear that constantly on the news and in the media, that this person's to blame, that person, this country's to blame, and on and on and on. But sometimes, if we're all honest, we, we do blame God. It, it's like in this clip from Bruce Almighty, which asks the questions, or asks the question, is God like a mean clip, a mean kid? Let's watch this in this clip. Well, thank God you're all right. God, yeah, let's thank God, shall we? For his blessings are raining down upon me. Wait, that's not rain! Bruce, please don't do that, honey. You know that everything happens for a reason. That I don't need. That is a cliche. That is not helpful to me. A bird in the hands or two in the bush. I have no bird. I have no bush. God has taken my bird in my bush. Oh, I see. So, so God is picking on you? Is that what you're saying? No, he's ignoring me completely. He's far too busy giving Evan everything he wants. Oh, that's great, Sam. But you missed your target. I'm over here! Don't get mad at the dog. It's not the dog's fault. No, it's God's fault. I gave him the wrong coordinates. All right, you know what? Enough. All right, will you just stop being such a martyr? I am not being a martyr. I'm a victim. God is a mean kid sitting on an anthill with a magnifying glass, and I'm the ant. He could fix my life in five minutes if he wanted to, but he'd rather burn off my feelers and watch me squirm. All right, sweetheart, I know that you're mad. It's completely understandable. What Evan did is slimy and wrong. 
But this day could have been so much worse. I'm just glad you're okay. Okay? Newsflash! I'm not okay. I'm not okay with a mediocre job. I'm not okay with a mediocre apartment. I'm not okay with a mediocre life! You ever throw fits and rant and rave like that? Are you trusting God today instead of blaming him for the situation you find yourself in? Money's a big issue to all of us. And some of you have money invested. You know, when the stock market plunged, an investor asked his broker if he was worried. Nope, I sleep like a baby, he replied. Amazed, the client said, really, even with all these fluctuations? And the broker said, yep, just like a baby. I sleep for an hour, then I wake up and cry all night. Does that describe you, follower of Christ? Worry and faith cannot coincide together. The two hitting each other causes stress in itself. Our capacity for handling stress is limited. Researcher Dr. Thomas Holmes concludes that experience 200-plus life change units in a year can put you over the edge. For example, losing a spouse equals 100 units. Divorce is 60. Illness is 45, unemployment's 45, even Christmas gets 12 as far as st stress. Well, I cannot imagine how many units this present pandemic is causing in people. It has affected a lot of parts of our lives. I'm sure that this, news, this new stress for some has just added and increased the stress level that was already there. In many lives, it was already there. It's like post-traumatic stress disorder, which for some is, is constant. It happens for years. It never goes away. I, you know, we think about, I appreciate the military. I, I appreciate all people that serve. And I know that there is stress involved when you deal with humans in, in any different situation. We send a lot of these young guys off to war, and they come home, and we expect them to go back to normal immediately. It doesn't work that way. In this clip from the war, a father tries to explain it to his son. Let's watch. You know how all this time I've been out looking for work? Yeah. Something about that ain't entirely accurate. The truth of the matter is I've been in a... I've been in a hospital. For what? Well, that's do with me being in a war. Well, I went, I went nuts for a little while. And the doctors call it post-traumatic stress. Remember how I used to, I used to do things before they didn't make no sense? Well, that's because there's a lot of pain in my head. I'm going to tell you something else, too. I landed three jobs after the war. And I lost every one of them because of them dreams. It wasn't because I couldn't do the work, son. They're finding out a, a lot of men who go off to war. They just don't come back the same. Definitely getting better. Do you 
catch that, he says, you don't come back the same. I think this applies to some of us. We're in a war with a deadly virus. When it's over, many of us won't be the same. Our lives have been altered, and for some forever, especially those of those 26,000 that have passed their families. It, it won't go back to normal because that seat will be empty. Or those that are experiencing great financial loss and maybe will never recover. Maybe you have already exceeded your 200-plus unit limit. Emotionally and physically, you've stretched to the breaking point and there's no relief in sight. And I say this with all honesty this morning, be careful living in an emotional danger zone. It makes you a target for the devil who has you in his crosshairs. He's got you on the run, so to speak, and he can, he can have his way with you more. Under pressure, you succumb to temptation much more easily than when you're rested. That's why preventing stress is always better than trying to deal with it when it's full-blown. So how are you holding up with your stress? Are you daily taking it to Christ? This is what God wants us to do. He wants us to come to Him. He wants us to go to His Word and find comfort. Whether you read a psalm every day or whatever, you need to be in the Word because that Word brings us comfort in our lives. And we take it to Christ and we leave it with Him. The big idea for today is we need to give our stress to Jesus. And my question is, are you doing that? How about your children? Are you helping them deal with the stress the virus is having on them? I'm sure at first being home all the time was, was kind of a, a, a good deal for them. They could sleep in and do whatever. But after a while, that starts to wear on them a little bit because they're active and they're used to doing stuff and going places and getting out. So I know there's stress on children that's a little different from us maybe. A few days ago, I get this text from my daughter Stacy about our grandson, and it reads, Steve and I just had a talk with Jude about good use of time during these days at home, watching phone time, etc. After we finished, Jude said before heading to the back of the house, clad only in his bright neon undies, now I will go to Nepal where I intend to live as a goat. <laughs> so where they came from, who knows? But that is that out of the mouths of children. I, I, I don't know if you as parents, I hope you're listening to your kids and what they're, they're trying to say to you to, now. We adults need to understand that they have stress as well. We cannot be with our kids 100% of the time, and that causes stress in us parents, not like now because they're home all the time which causes certain different stresses with relationship problems and whatever. I remember hearing mothers and fathers talking about when their children finally grow up and go to kindergarten and that first day of school and then on and on as they go out in life and we can't, we can't keep a finger on them. We can't protect them, so to speak. So we leave them in God's hands. This is a tough clip to watch. When our kids are away from us, things like this happen. And I am sure that there are some kids watching this today can relate and probably do not want to go back to school ever. They would way rather stay home, but that's not the way it works. So this is from a movie entitled A Monster Calls, and it's a clip called Good Boys Don't Tell. And like I said, it's, it's hard to watch, but I think we need to be aware of this is going on in our world and in the lives of our children. Let's watch.
It's a number that emerges from asking, what is the mathematical function or thing which describes things where the rate which they change is proportional to their magnitude? Now, if you do that mathematically, it'll give you this fundamental constant. Connor? You're right there, Connor. You look tired. Are you getting enough rest? Yeah, I'm fine. Because, you know, if you ever wanted to talk... I'm fine. Okay. Everyone, eyes front. Now, pi is the ratio of the circumference, and when you put it... <laughs> Careful there, O'Malley. You might fall. Are you drunk or something? <laughs> He'll have to get his slap and mother to kiss it for him. <laughs> You're always off in your own little dream world. What's there? So interesting. Get off. You've been a good boy. I remember O'Malley. Good boys don't talk. As parents and grandparents, we need to address this issue of bullying. It, it cannot be ignored. And the stress that it, it causes in our, our loved ones' lives. Another issue I'm going to mention, but I'm not going to go full-blown into it, as your pastor and as your friend, Stress parents put on their children to excel in academics and sports. I just want you to say to be very careful because children can be easily damaged. I, I hear story after story from adults that this kind of thing happened in their lives as a child and, and it stayed with them. It, it, left, it left scars on them. And I think a lot of times as parents, we, we try to live our lives through our, our, our children. And even though we didn't do so good, in sports or academics, so to speak, speaking of myself, we, we expect them uh, to as well. And it, it, it's just talking about stress in life that one of these days we will get back to normal and this will all come upon us again. Isaiah says this, In quietness and in confidence shall be your strength. And Paul adds from Philippians 4, 6, and 7, Don't worry. Pray about everything. If you do, you will experience God's peace which is more wonderful than the human mind can understand, and his peace will keep your hearts as you trust in Jesus. Don't worry. That's what he's saying about anything. Pray about everything. And, and the results of that is you will experience God's peace, which is more wonderful than the human mind can understand, can grasp, and his peace will keep, you, keep your hearts as you trust in Jesus. I hope you can go to bed at night and go to sleep. I hope that all the things in the world is not such a pressure and it's causing so much stress in you that it's affecting your life as it will. Here's the key to that. Paul has given us the answer. Nobody understands like Christ. That's why he says, Matthew 11, 28 and 29, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and, I, and you will find rest for your souls. That's a promise straight from heaven through Jesus Christ to you. Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I, you will find rest for your souls. So stop pushing so hard and give your 
concerns to God and then allow yourself the same kind of consideration that you'd give to a friend who was on overload. Again, the text, Isaiah 30, 15. The Sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says, Only in returning to me and waiting for me will you be saved. In quiet, quietness and confidence is your strength. But you would have none of it. I hope that doesn't describe you today. I, I hope you want all of God, that all He has to offer you, not just today, but forever, all our lives. Remember His words only in returning to me will you find salvation. Only in returning to me will you find hope. Only in returning to me will you find peace and rest for your souls. I want to close with this clip from Risen entitled, What Made You Follow Him? Let's watch. Did you know he would rise? He said he would, but truth be told, we doubted it. Uh, mm. <laughs> then what made you follow him? to do it. To what? He's going to heal the man. How? Watch. Just watch. No one touches me. A miracle. We saw them many times, Roman. circumstances behind that, whether you were in a church, whether you came to an altar, whether you watched Billy Graham on TV, whether your friend sat down with 
explain salvation to you. But there was something that draw draw had drawn you to Christ that made you. It was like in this clip that he just exuded love and compassion. It was in his eyes. It was in his voice. It was in everything he did. And when he would go to the detestable people of the culture and touch lepers and hug them and love them, it, it, there was just something about that. And that's the way God wants to work through you and I as well, as we love people. But when you think about your salvation experience, what, what drew you to Christ? What drew me to Christ was uh, my brother-in-law, Ray, uh, my pastor, uh, sat down with me and really pointed out my lost condition. And it was in that lostness that I realized that I, I really had no hope. And he, he brought me to Christ. And it was what I saw in my pastor that really drew me uh, to that fact. So I, I just want you to think about that. Maybe you've drifted away from God a little bit. And maybe this whole uh, pandemic that we're in has caused you to distrust or whatever. But I'm just asking this morning to, to come back to Christ. And, and let us all turn to Jesus this morning and give him all of our stress. Don't keep it because we, we harbor it and we stew over it and we worry and it affects every part of our lives, even affects our relationships. We need to give our strength to Jesus, all of us. And we can do that right now. Lord, we love you. I thank you for loving us. And I thank you, God, that you have offered us a way to live stress-free. I don't know if, how many of us buy into that, but nonetheless, it's there that we have been given this great gift of salvation. We've been given you, Holy Spirit, to dwell within us and move within us and bring us closer and closer to the Father. So right now, Lord, I just pray that we, we can all picture in our minds just laying our stress at your feet. And as we get up, we are free and at total peace in our lives. Bless these families, Lord. Bless these folks that watch and hear this message today. We ask all these things in the name of Christ. Amen. If, it, if it's of interest to you, you can, you can Google the Holmes and Ra Stress Scale Test. That's R-A-H-E. You, you can take it where you're at. And then when you find that, if you find this big lump of stress, that you can just push that up to Jesus' feet and ask him to pick it up and, and ask him to handle it for you. Love you guys. I'll be glad to see you again. God bless you.